Black Equity listeners, I appreciate you sitting down and having this conversation with us today. Really excited. We're actually going to have a, another visit from uh, the Dream Exchange uh, later on this episode. And I'm really excited for you to hear the updates of the Dream Exchange and all the great work that they are doing, uh, not just in the financial markets, but um, I really like the vision that they have on a community level as well. And I think that's something you'll hear more about on today's episode. Uh, before we get into that, I wanted to briefly look over the landscape of where we are today as a society, right? I mean, supposedly we're entering into a World War III uh, phase. Um, some argue that it won't be that severe, right? And many of us are living our best lives. We're having fun. We're truly enjoying every moment that life has to offer. And as you should, right? I mean, we create our reality and we should operate in joy. And I agree completely. That said, I also believe that we should see what's in front of us. Right? We should live in today but be making chess moves for tomorrow. Many would argue that we are also in the middle of a revolution. We've always been in the middle of it. (laughs) The revolution has been going on ever since I was a little kid. When I was a kid, when I was a kid, I was taught that we should really... uh, Pay attention to our surroundings and know who is working with us and who isn't because there's a game with inside of a game with inside of a game going on, right? And those who know, know, and those who don't, they pretend that they know. We have always been in a revolution, my friends. We've always been there. Now, there's good times that come along with it, and there's times where you're voting in a black president, and maybe you forget about it for a little bit, thinking that you've arrived. But as you have seen, there's still a lot of work that needs to be done. Right? And so we have to pay attention to the revolution that is in front of us as well. Financially, spiritually, this is a human rights revolution. Human rights. This is bigger than just financial. We are in the middle of a revolution and we always have been. And what Martin Luther King Jr. was trying to say, he said, you can kill the dreamer, but you can't kill the dream. You can kill the dreamer, but you can't kill the dream. And on today's episode, I present to you the Dream Exchange. I'm DJ Motri of Black Equity Network, and welcome to Black Equity Podcast.
right, welcome back, Joe. Welcome back to Black Equity. How you doing, man? Oh, so great to see you again. I'm uh, I'm thrilled to be back. <laughs> I'm glad you're back. This is going to be a really awesome conversation. How have things been? For those who don't know, we first had our first conversation on Black Equity Podcast, and then maybe about six to eight months later, we had a conversation on how to acquire podcasts, our sister podcast, and now you're back. This is our third time having a conversation with you. I'm really excited. How have things been? Things are going um, extremely well. Uh, we're, you know, building a uh, stock exchange. I, I don't think it's for the faint of heart. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can and, imagine. But it's it, it couldn't be better. There's some really big announcements that are going to be coming out in the next um, two, maybe three months, but certainly I know there's one coming in two months about some partnerships that we're making awesome that are really supportive to, of the exchange. Um, our technology is now, uh, we're significantly more uh, towards the goal of getting, um, getting the electronic exchange uh, fully ready to, to get our license. Okay. Those, those are just huge updates because, um, you know, being a fully compliant state-of-the-art stock exchange is baked inside of the goal here. We're, we're not merely doing a social betterment project. We're actually doing the real deal to transform equity markets. And if we can't participate just like all the other exchanges and, and be as uh, or better quality of our performance, uh, then, you know, the rest of it doesn't pan out. So, uh those, those things are going really well. And the other really nice partnership that we I think is is either been announced or I'm safe to talk about is uh, we've partnered with the University of Wisconsin, uh, Lubar College of Business. Um, I've been put on the board of advisors there. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm, it's an honor because the dean and the Lubar College, which is based in downtown Milwaukee, they are really have a dedication to reaching into the Milwaukee community, into the black community, especially, mm. and starting financial literacy programs using the Lubar Entrepreneurship Center, which is a state-of-the-art facility, bringing in young entrepreneurs and getting them trained. A lot of what we're doing on the flip side, so we're building a, you know, a blockchain-based stock exchange in one mm. kind. But the other context is reaching the community of people who can use it and getting them fully informed so that the use of the exchange once we open has no delays and no hiccups and we're actually in the community. And that's the other announcements that are coming. I, I'll tip my hand a little bit about getting a presence in the community where mm -hmm. we're not just talking nice platitudes about hope we're actually delivering on the promise of it, which is what's most important to me as the leader. Um, we've also launched a really nice program with the, uh, the, the managing member of, our, of, of the capital group. The Black Capital Group is uh, now fully vested in the exchange. Awesome. That's, yeah, it's a great news. Yeah. These beautiful uh, videos of Dwayne Kyles, who's the managing member, um, that are, they're moving. I can't watch them without tearing up. Um, if anyone knows about Dwayne, 
uh, Dwayne's father was uh, Reverend Billy Kyles. Samuel Kyles was his name, but uh, his nickname was Billy Kyles. And he was among the very small cadre of people during the civil rights movement, dating back to the 1950s, Mm -hmm. worked intimately with Dr. King. So Reverend Kyles was among the five people in the hotel room in Memphis immediately prior to Dr. King being assassinated. In fact, um, there's documentary films on Dwayne's father. Mm -hmm. It's called View from the Balcony. Um, In fact, there's a famous picture of Reverend Kyles pointing at the direction from which the gunshots came Mm. and with Dr. King slain on, on the floor of the balcony. And, um, you know, Reverend Kyles was instrumental in making sure that the sanitation workers strike in Memphis was get gotten national attention. Uh, you know, it, here it goes you know, aligned with dream exchange. So, you know, there were good jobs. Uh, you know, there's, there's a good job in everything we do. You know, the college philosophy class that asks whether the brain surgeon is more important than the garbage man. Uh, you know, someone doesn't pick up the garbage, we all die. <laughs> right, <laughs> okay. right. Um, and, um, you know, that that goes without saying that employment, gainful employment, job creation, our ability to have a community where companies are hiring across the board, all the way from the, you know, the job that is an entry level job through the ranks and career path all the way to the CEO and everything in between human resources and marketing and treasury and production and, and all those opportunities that come when a company is well-funded and operates and has good products and can flourish and survive for a long time. And the reason I love Reverend Kyle's Reverend Kyle's was a dear friend of mine. Um, I loved him and he died uh, a few years back. Um, and his viewpoints were, oh, it was eerie to talk to him. Uh, you know, the, the very spirit of Dr. King just imbued in everything he ever had to say, which inspired mm-hmm. me uh, for the last, you know, I, I've been intimately, Dwayne is my dear friend, intimate in their family for 20 years. And um, he had a famous line and he, he concludes a lot of the, documentary film on him talking about the life of Dr. King. And he said, you know, you can kill the dreamer, but you cannot kill the dream. Mm. Which tears. I love that. I love that. I hear that. And I see him saying, you know, he was there the the day of the assassination. uh, You know, the, the people that were with Dr. King were Reverend Abernathy, uh, Andrew Young, uh, Jesse Jackson and Reverend Kyle's. And they were actually on their way to the Kyle's residence for dinner that night. Mm. And it's just such an honor to have Dwayne, who represents the spirit and integrity of Dr. King, be my partner in this. And uh, the partnership is flourishing. So going all the way back to how are we doing? We're doing really well. Uh, We're really reaching the integrity of creating prosperity not just a temporary measure, but something that will last for decades to come in, in our country. So, and, and, and the beauty of it is people from all walks of life, from all races, from all creeds and all national origins, everyone wants to see a capital market 
where participation has the lowest possible barriers related to whether or not you grew up in or became related to or had some pedigree of reason to succeed rather than just on the merit of your idea, which is mm-hmm. right. I mean, it, the words jump right out of Dr. Keene's famous speeches, which is, you know, creating opportunity for all and the content of one's character and the, the content of one's ideas and imagination that build great companies. They come from all walks of life. They come from the obscure areas of our country. Um, you know, I, we have a video of a, of a man in Chicago that will be coming out very soon uh, talking about his father who he built a hair care uh, products company and he started the company in his garage. Um, mm. He was, he knew nothing about mixing uh, hair care chemicals and mm. he was uh, a barber and he just came up with a great idea and eventually became a celebrity stylist. And, you know, he was Sidney Poitier and Sammy Davis Jr. And these famous people would come to his barbershop um, back in the day. And when he talks about his father, he was, he was a genius. The company's flourishing. I think it's on its third generation. Uh, they're doing very, very well. But the point of the exercise is there's a, there's a perfect example of an obscure area where it's a Black-owned company provides quality products. The family's prosperity for generations has been really well uh, established. And they provide jobs to people in the community. And he, when he was on the video talking about his family, he said that the thing his father was most proud of at the end of his career was he would walk through the parking lot and see all the cars of the people who worked for him. And think, he would think to himself, I've created a, an organization where the people who work for me can afford to buy a home, or to buy a car, or to live in the community. And that was what he was most proud of, that he was able to help other people through his business endeavors. And anyway, the point is that that's how we're doing right now. We're, our message is really resonating throughout the community and more uh, people like him, who should be a public company. That should be a company that the American investing public expands. Mm-hmm. Millions of dollars of, of investment equity that goes to expand organizations like that, which would be yet another you know, figure within the fabric of our nation uh, for hair care products. Right. <laughs> um, and it, you know, when people ask me, where, where will the future listings come from? And what will the companies be? Well, there's just a, a single small example. They come from all areas, all walks of life. Man was a barber and he had a bathtub in his garage where he came up with a chemical formula for a hair care product. Right. You know, Steve Jobs founded Apple Computer in a garage. Um, so that it comes from everywhere. Uh, I guess I should start knocking on garage doors. <laughs> <laughs> it comes from the, the dream of entrepreneurs who decide to live that dream. Correct. Uh, and, and so it, it's inspiring to me to see that what we're creating, similarly to, to the philosophy behind the investment and sweat equity that goes into a small hair care companies, what we're doing for our, the exchange. I would like to see many generations of people have a place to come with their ideas and give them the hope of, 
you know, creating their own wealth, but also doing an aligned activity with the exchange. And that alignment mm. really boils down to creating the prosperity for everyone. Look, not everybody is going to figure out the chemical formula for a new hair care product in the right. garage, but thousands and tens of thousands of people will prosper because we supported that man's idea. Right. Supported that imagination. And uh, that's inspirational to me. We're getting very close. I think that we're on target to be able to actually open the exchange by the end of the year. Um, and then there'll be the next phase, mm -hmm. which will be recruiting all of the companies, which we're doing now. But mm -hmm. we're, we're doing it now to give people a sufficient amount of time to prepare and to become educated and to see how their company can utilize the Dream Exchange in the future to expand their company, get the capital they need, and have the future expansion and liquidity they need to make sure that they don't, they're not temporary, that they, that they don't uh, succumb and that they can survive long term and, and really make an impact on the community. So... That's a long answer for how we're doing it. <laughs> I love it. It's good. You know, we're, we're a small but mighty team. I'm working a lot of hours right now. We're recruiting people. Um, you know, so one of the things we're actually looking for, um, you know, people in the accounting area, we're looking for junior level attorneys. I've, I'm getting a lot of resumes. I'm doing a lot of interviews because we're, we too will be expanding our own staff. That's one of the things I'm, I'm really proud of as well is, we're expanding. We hired a chief information security. I'm not sure when the last time we spoke uh, was, but since that time, it's funny. Mm -hmm. I went on a search for uh, a chief information security officer, someone who's really technologically competent to protect the exchange. And, you know, if you look and you just look around and look and confront the environment and find the right person, well, uh, we hired Tellus Williams. T Tellus is the, he was the chief information security officer of the year, uh, two years ago. Wow. Yeah. And it was funny because when I met him, we hired him. I hadn't met him in person because of all the restrictions and COVID. We just did zoom. <laughs> and when I finally got to sit down and do what we're doing here, just have a conversation. Um, you know, we grew up, a mile from one another in the city of Chicago. Wow. Yeah. Ain't that something? Yeah, he's my age. We had such similar stories, and uh, it was like a family member coming to work for me then. It was like, mm. this is a person who's so aligned. Um, you know, we were in the same community, uh, you know, growing up in, in the 70s and 80s in Chicago at a you know, the change of our society at that time was very interesting, but I was so happy. I'm like, look at this. If you just look and you can find the right folks that will come into your environment, um, you know, I don't know if it's spiritual, but he just fell right out of heaven for me. And we're really doing that with all of our hires. We're looking for family. We're looking for people who really believe in our purposes, um, you know, it's the same thing when we hired Bruce Trask. Like I said, I'm not sure if you, what, when our interview was, but we hired Bruce Trask, who was the architect of the NASDAQ exchange. Mm. And, you know, there's a lot of people who could be doing other things, perhaps even making more money. Um, but he saw the purposes of what we were doing. 
And, you know, one of the top guys at the NASDAQ is now our chief technology officer. And, uh, you know, he and TELUS are, you know, in a daily collaboration to, to build a, an electronic finance system that is unprecedented, dedicated to the purposes of expanding diversity in our community for wealth. <laughs> um, so my dream's coming true. This is my, what I dream. Um, you know, and I guess there's a bit of hard work in it. Um, I don't know who said this. I don't want to attribute the quote to, to the wrong person. Someone once said, you know, uh, after 25 years of hard work, I became an overnight success. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yep. I've heard that one. Um, exactly. So I'm, I'm still burning the midnight oil and so is our whole team. Um, and we, we do see, we see progress. Like I said, I'm not sure that when we last spoke, um, but another big update is that the, the Main Street Growth Act, the law mm. that we helped to create, <clears throat> uh, was reintroduced in the House um, by both a Republican and three Democrats. So Tom Emmer from Minnesota is uh, sponsoring the bill. He's a Republican. And um, uh, James Panetta, uh, Congressman Gottheim, and mm-hmm. Gonzalez, who are all Democrats, have co-sponsored the bill in the House. And uh, Senator Kennedy sponsored the bill in the Senate. We have other Democrats that will come on in the Senate in the future. But the recognition for the specialty type of stock exchange needed mm-hmm. that law passes, we can change some of the exchange rules to allow a broader marketplace mm. and reach much smaller companies at much earlier stages uh, and help them become the trustworthy company that's needed to be on a stock exchange for the long term. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm going through my inventory of the last several months of work, but we're doing so well with um, miraculous progress. I mean, the people that I have working for me are just really outstanding people. Um, and we're, like I said, we're getting, now we're getting really profound recognition University mm-hmm. of Wisconsin is a top 25 university in the country. Um, and they did not align with us lightly. Um, in fact, their career center is going to be called the Dream Exchange. There's a, there's a room where it's public display. It'll be the Dream Exchange Career Center um, so that we can begin recruiting from the rank and file of the students who go to the College of Business. And what they're doing is a deliberate reach into the community in Milwaukee to recruit a more diverse set of students. So those are going to be our future hires. Powerful. Yeah. So things are just lining up. And I guess if you tell the truth, Mm. unstoppable, you know, I don't really experience any pushback, uh, which is probably, I would say, one of the greatest accomplishments of the last two years where we were introducing something new which is now becoming more easily acceptable because we're telling the truth. It stays the truth. And the next day it's the truth. And as the power of that builds momentum, we're seeing more people joining the proverbial cause um, like the university of Wisconsin and these two big announcements that are going to be coming will be uh, very impressive who are aligned uh, relationships with very powerful nationally recognized organizations that are going to help 
promote the dream exchange and see it, that we accomplish our goals. So um, that's a long update, but. <laughs> I, I think we, we, what we needed that because what you're telling us is everything is becoming perfectly aligned. And you know, there's something you mentioned in the first half of what you were saying. And maybe I missed this before. I didn't realize that you were actually going to be built on the blockchain. So, yeah, a lot of our, a lot of the technology that we're using to, to actually code and create the exchange and some of what we're building for the future includes, uh, you know, I don't think there's anything uh, in financial services today that can't include a certain amount of blockchain. Right. Um, so we're, clearly headed in that direction okay um and you know some of the things that we're doing have to be what are considered to be the standard right now the standard is uh for an exchange you have to participate in the what's called the national best bid best offer system so we're going to connect and we're going to be there and we're going to have our uh what's called the order book or trade matching engine bid pretty much same as everybody else when we launch but what we're doing is, is behind the scenes a little different um, and our future will include more advanced technology to stay ahead of the game. Mm -hmm. I think it was uh, Mr. Welsh who was the CEO of GE for years and someone once asked him, what is the greatest talent of a CEO? And he said, seeing around corners. Mm, <laughs> you know? I like that. And uh, I'm trying to do my best to see around the corner so that we're not surprised when we get there. So we're, as we create right now, we're putting into technology that will allow us to be flexible and to adapt to changes in the future that are, are obviously on the horizon. So that's, that's in the works. <laughs> you know, you're, you're, I'm very curious because earlier you mentioned about uh, running an exchange and uh, people may not know exactly all the work that goes into it. Take me, if you could, just kind of take me into your seat, right? What on a day-to-day -day basis, maybe week to week, you know, I don't want to get too into the weeds, right? But on a week to week basis, what are you having to, what fires are you having to put out? What uh, things are you having to focus on that no one would even know that you have to focus on? <laughs> the smoke <laughs> where, the, where, where there's smoke there's fire um yeah so you know at the moment it's not so much that i'm teasing it's not so much that anything's on fire mm -hmm. uh, but you know week to week what we're doing is accomplishing the milestones in our technology mm. area so now here i can give you you know examples very precise examples in fact um, there are certain electronic protocols that allow for the banking system and, um, you know, your, your ordinary uh, payment systems that are used on the internet that require protocols to allow you to connect. So when a customer logs in, those protocols are already coded and in place in your financial system. Well, it's the same thing with the stock exchange, and there are thousands of different protocols. So in constructing the exchange, you know, one of the major tasks, and it took months to establish what are the financial exchange protocols that we need. So when we're coding the exchange, we encompass 
every aspect of every other exchange, because remember, it's trade matching. Hmm. So we may not be carrying the offer to, to buy uh, or offer to sell. Another exchange might be, but we have to be coded and prepared and have our exchange uh, sufficiently prepared to match the other side of all the market. So that, that took some doing uh, mm-hmm. to make sure that the entire set of financial protocols that matches one exchange to another um, are in place in our exchange. So that was a major milestone. And then there's actually the, the hard software engineering of all the systems. And on top of that, so my week to week and day to day is assuring that the regulation is called, one is called regulation national market system regulation uh, SCI at HCO it's an alphabet super regulatory requirements that when we do build everything we're building that the, the legal requirements are met to assure that when we report information on the trading activity it goes to the SEC it goes inside the uh, financial industry regulatory environment it goes back to the brokers it and, and we're fully compliant. So that's been a lot of my day-to-day, week-to-week and month-to-month activity is assuring that we're not only technologically competent, but we're legally compliant. And mm. pretty soon I've already handed a substantial portion of the technological uh, tasks over to a team of people now. Okay. Including, uh, Bruce and Tellis and Ray Edwards is another fellow that, is one of our top guys in our technology area. So that team is now hard at work preparing for exchange launch. And then I'm, I'm doing the legal work to assure that our rules on how we function are very precise and properly written so that everyone will understand. And then behind that is our marketing and business development efforts where we're trying to train the public in a lot of the terminology that I just spilled here, which uh, they don't have to know precisely what, you know, regulation NMS rule 606 is. They don't have right. to, but we have to be able to translate the environment so that they understand, okay, when I do this, when I click here, this is exactly the outcome I'm looking for. Gotcha. And that edu- those educational materials as well are being built and there it's an overlap between our marketing teams and our technology teams because we want to make it simple it's, we want to make it understandable so that there's a broad audience of users who can come to the exchange and use it the ultimate goal is to to increase the population of people who see using stock exchange technology and trading of stocks as a viable way to build their wealth as a viable way to make investments. So there's a lot of heavy lifting in the background. And in the past, we've been able to really talk about the the much broader purposes, which I love. That's actually the most fun part of my job is when I see the video of, of Wayne Kyle's at the national civil rights museum. And I think everything we're doing aligns behind that. Mm -hmm. Um, but behind that is a state-of-the-art, technologically proficient, regulatory compliant 
full-blown set of stock exchanges that can, can have the hope of actually transforming the landscape. So that's my day-to-day. Um, and doing this, getting the word out, mm-hmm. um, making people aware. And we haven't really done a full-blown effort to, to make people aware. Um, we're, because, you know, the updates are, well, what did you, like I said, what did you get done this week? Well, we got this much more percent done on our software engineering. Um, it's a little bit of a boring update, but these future updates that are coming in the next 60 days will be uh, pretty massive. Um, and by the end of the year, I hope to be ringing a bell, opening an exchange uh, in a celebratory, uh, you know, bell ringing ceremony. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. So, but we're, we're making tremendous strides. I love that. Yeah. Um, you know, you, we stumbled on something that I think, our audience would be very curious of, and I know we're, we're going to head out soon, but I, I do want to ask this question, but before I ask it, I want to just tell you a little bit about who I am, just yeah. a, kind of my personality. So the first time I ever went on a... I don't cut you, want to cut you up, but um, you know, I do, the, do a lot of these, but it's just such a pleasure to talk to you. So I'm, I'm, I, I, I feel the same way. I kind of feel you, but go right ahead. No, I, no, we're on, we're on the same page. The first time I ever went on a cruise, and I was a little nervous, um, but the first time I ever went on a cruise, the first or second day, they have the opportunity to do a behind the scenes tour where you get to meet the captain and get to see where all the food is and how it's made, how it's uh, brought onto the ship, how they dispose of things. That's me. That's the guy I am. Like, as soon as I saw that, I love, like, sign me up for behind the scenes. Yeah. So this is this is how I'm getting to this question. You mentioned that you have you technology has to uh, connect uh, your exchange to other exchanges. How many exchanges are we connecting to, and are these all American? Are they international? How does that work? Right. Good. That's that's a great question. So, um, national market exchange. In other words, there's a special license that the Securities Exchange Commission grants that allows for a business to have the right to connect. Mm. And there's probably 24 separate licenses in the United States. Okay. But there are, so for example, the New York Stock Exchange has six, uh, maybe seven different licenses. So of the 24, there are really only seven stock exchanges. Wow. Okay. Okay. So you have the New York Stock Exchange, the NASDAQ Stock Exchange, the Chicago Board of Options Exchange. Those are really the three largest. Mm-hmm. Um, and of the seven, they're all required to follow the same rules of fairness. So their customers, which would include very large investment organizations, so Charles Schwab, um, E-Trade, mm-hmm. Those are the organizations that are using a stock exchange. So a, a retail customer who opens an E-Trade account or a Schwab account says, oh, I'd like to buy a stock. Well, the stock from that organization is then routed, the, the finance of that is routed to one of the seven main exchanges. Hmm, All of those okay. exchanges have similar requirements that they have to comply with to assure that the market is fair. So we'll be the eighth. Um, Powerful. And it, it's a very unprecedented thing. There's never been a um, 
Well, there's never been a, a minority-owned stock exchange in the history of the country. But more importantly, not, maybe maybe not necessarily more importantly, but of equal importance, there's really never been a stock exchange focused on the market we're focusing on. Right. Where we're very much blind to all things except what is your idea? What is the thing you envision? What's the ideal scene you imagine for your business? Because usually before someone's arriving at stock exchange eligibility today, they've grown to a massive organization. And a lot of people who've been left by the boards have been unable to reach that plateau. So we're now pushing the barriers aside for those earlier stage companies. So the, you know, as you walk through the galley and the, and you see the captain's quarters, this is about um, the chart room on that vessel that you mm-hmm. seen. And in the chart room, the, all the other exchanges have decided to route the ship in a, in a particular direction that bypasses all of the stops that we intend to make. Gotcha. That's the chart room that is really important. So you have to know that the engine room is fine and that the the food service will be fine and Mm -hmm. working and the beds are comfortable. That's standard on all the ships. Right. And you have to know that the destination is the same. So we're headed in the same destination. Our route is slightly different. And that's really where publicly we announce that our course is charted across a completely separate set of islands. And those are the islands that we intend to stop at frequently and, and continue to make our, our voyage from beginning through the places the other ships don't travel, arrive at the destination and make another route <laughs> uh, past the same set of islands. And that's the, the behind the scenes here, which isn't, readily available to the public yet because mm-hmm. publishing the information on what it looks like when you're to board the ship at the island. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what's really so significantly different if you're behind the scenes right now uh, in what we're concentrating on. I can give you one particular example. Sure. Um, so we're doing extensive research on the meaning of uh, black participation in public companies. Mm. Yeah. And just someone who's a senior executive, are they on the board of directors? Have, have they made substantial investment? Do they own more than half the company? What is the, what is the meaning of that participation? Right. We're a data-driven organization. So we're actually finding out by hand gathering the information, all of the various data points to actually create what it means. Because if, if today it means, oh, well, you must own 51% of a company, that's what participation means. Well, you know, there are large companies. I mean, there is no single individual who owns 51% of Apple Computer. Right. Is a more than a trillion dollar company. That would be virtually impossible. But participation in that company, control of the company, how the company makes decisions, who are the executives, who is the board, how does the composition of people and programs and direction of the company get set is 
includes a much broader audience of participation. Hmm. We're gathering that data and then looking at how to create our, to use the example again, our stop at the island to make sure that it's fully inclusive. Um, because if you just pick one data point and one, one number, um, then you can exclude all kinds of other relevant yep. information that mm-hmm. may in fact change the landscape. Right. So, and we're, we're doing that in two very scholarly research papers. In fact, um, the research assistants are coming from the University of Wisconsin, PhD candidate people that are very interested in helping us formulate the data set upon which we can come up with solutions to, to expanding the company base of listings and new companies that are eligible for the exchange from every marketplace. That's never been done before. Um, no, no one, we've looked for research. There's some, you know, studies that have been done by big accounting firms or in general, it's a study. Sometimes it's a little self-serving, <laughs> um, but we want the real data. What's the right. true information? And we're preparing two white papers uh, that will, you know, one of them I think is due to come out in May. That one concentrates on what's become a very popular topic called the SPAC market, special purpose acquisition companies. Mm-hmm. Is that a viable way to actually help a smaller company arrive on a stock exchange, and if so, how? And, you know, the uh, preliminary data is it might be a very useful tool for us. Um, it, it might form a lot of partnerships in the community that allow for larger investment organizations to put their money inside of a, uh, a special purpose company that will allow them to then look in the community for a, an up-and-coming company and, and bring it to the public markets. And then with that announcement, you know, we're finding that the, the younger generation is a very different um, mindset. Um, and that we're surveying on that as well, where, um, you know, young Black entrepreneurs have a very different mindset. They, they, it's a very unstoppable crowd of people and I love working with them and they not only want to participate as companies, but as investors, mm-hmm. they tap into the support among those organizations across the board. So, uh, you know, one of Gus Tucker, who is uh, right now, one of the key people in our new business development area, who is another wonderful new hire. I just really appreciate working with Gus. He's actually, another outreach program, he's actually in Nigeria right now speaking to uh, students in Nigeria to give them information on capital markets and public finance and how capital formation happens. He's teaching students in Nigeria. We're going to keep doing that outreach program. Um, He's organized it with a group of other people. But, you know, when will these, when will some students in Nigeria meet a you know, someone who looks like them, mm-hmm. who is a graduate of the University of Chicago's MBA program, who has 30 years experience and is also now a decision maker in the business development of, of our stock exchange. Powerful. Yes. So that's really when you, when you start getting behind the scenes, 
these are very deliberate decisions that we make as an organization mm -hmm. to keep our word to reach the community we want to reach <clears throat> and you also asked like what are the seven exchanges or eight exchanges and where does that work internationally well <clears throat> all the other international funds and money that might want to invest mm -hmm. a stock exchange they too have to connect to a u.s licensed stock exchange so we're not really merely talking about the United States. We're talking about global finance, the movement of literally trillions of dollars every year that flows through the terminals of stock exchanges and will be a full participant in that in a year, which really broadens the landscape. And if they want to support our purposes and be a customer and do business with us, because we are doing these other things and taking responsibility for the society at large, then we're, we think we'll expand the development of our customer base and good people of goodwill who will support us. And that's already happening. So this dream is coming true. I hope it comes true faster. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. We're, we're, we're making extremely bold steps forward with the folks that are on our team. <clears throat> and um, even before we've, you know, flipped the switch and gone live. Last thing, the you know how you were saying, um, you know you'll be fully registered and you'll be the eighth uh, exchange. Well, are are these uh, these apps that allow people to trade stocks? Are they going to be required to make sure that your exchange is is on there, or are they not required as a private company to list all exchanges? So that's another good question. So what, let's just take an example. Uh, the, you know, you're trading stock, you're, you're going to Robinhood. Right, right. Okay, and which is, seems to be extremely popular. Mm -hmm. you go in your Robinhood app and you put money into the Robinhood brokerage. Right. And you're going to use those funds to buy and sell stocks. When, when you decide to click and buy or sell a stock, that trade leaves Robin Hood and has to go through one of the eight exchanges. Mm, gotcha. And so long as we're licensed and participating and our membership of all these organizations will have the ability to connect with us. Okay. If you're, let's just make it a hypothetical, you're trading company A and you decide you want to sell your shares for $10. Right. Well, the buyer of those shares very well may be someone who's buying them through our exchange. Okay. So that when that trade matches, that trade, at least the, the buying half of it will be on our exchange. On the other hand, Robinhood may, if that offer to sell comes through Robinhood, that very well may be matched on our exchange as well. So we could have both sides of the trade. So initially, this is going to be somewhat blind to the public because when you go to Schwab or E-Trade or Robinhood, you don't actually know what exchange you're trading on, right? Right. On the other hand, what we're experiencing is that the retail customer, in fact, and, and the retail broker, they want to know. They want to, they want to work with the exchange. So we're developing exchange membership which is where the brokerage firms and the very large brokerage firms want to see this participation. Mm -hmm. so 
there's there's a strong possibility that in the future, um, you know, there'll be the ability to know that you're routing your own trade at the retail level to say, I prefer that this trade be executed on the dream exchange. That is that we're not there yet, but we will, we're working toward that goal, which is, hey, I'd like to support this exchange, even though my account is at Robinhood. Right. So there's a, there's a possibility. Now, clearly what, what supersedes all that is fairness. We have to give the best bid and the best offer. Right. <laughs> okay. So, so long as we're participating with the other exchanges, we will have, just like they had, the best bid and the best offer available to the entire market. And that's actually, you know, just to give you a little background, um, you know, 25 years ago, when I was helping uh, the founders of the company that was called Archipelago, mm-hmm. that, that company is now called NYSE Arca. It's the New York Stock Exchange, Arca Exchange. Mm. When Archipelago was founded in the mid-1990s, the national best bid, best offer fairness system didn't exist. Wow. So if you went through a stock brokerage, it was possible that the most optimal offer to sell or bid to buy was not available to you because it may have been on a different stock exchange than the stock exchange your broker was working. So what Archipelago did, you know, Archipelago is a Greek word. It means a series of islands that are all connected. Hmm we had was these series of stock exchanges that were islands. And then what Archipelago did was it connected all the exchanges. So when you looked at the Archipelago exchange in the late 1990s, you saw the best bid and the best offer for that particular stock among all the exchanges. Well, naturally that's optimal for every customer. Every seller wants to, buy or to to sell at the highest price every you know bidder wants to to uh you know to buy at the lowest price so those two prices that are offered in the exchange that information that data wasn't really available to everyone until the technology was available to make that happen and it became such a tremendously valuable piece of technology that you know archipelago really became uh, the electronics of the New York Stock Exchange. Now, all the exchanges have similar technology and they're all joined in a regulatory. Now, it's it's no longer an option. It's a rule. Right. Each exchange must provide the best bid and best offer to the entire marketplace, even if it's the other side of the trade is on a different stock exchange. So they all are kind of forced to collaborate to make the marketplace a fair one. Um, so... That being said, we're adding an additional level, I think, of fairness, which is opening the market to a broader audience of participants. So when they decide, oh, I'd like to support these stocks through this exchange, that's a choice they can make. Um, In addition, when a new company is being offered, what's called an initial public offering, and I, Mm -hmm. well, we intend to be listing those companies. They'll be segregated in a way for the size of the company. It's a smaller market. So when you go to your Robinhood app, you'll be able to see 
the listings of those smaller companies in a separate screen. And when you see those companies, then, then you'll know, oh, ABC company, they make the gym shoes I want, I love. Right. I those shares. And in fact, in the, in the early part of this, we are the pioneer in that. We'll probably be one of the first two venture exchanges mm-hmm. in all those securities, all those companies. And a large portion of those uh, I'm expecting will be minority-owned companies that have listed. So there'll be ways to discover who you want to invest in, what the company is, what its products, and then make a choice through your whatever app that you're trading on. Mm-hmm. That's the company you want to buy and sell securities in and support that company through using financial markets. So it's that, maybe that's a more detailed answer, but the, the fact is that Yes, we will be making it known to the broad retail investing public that when you're doing this activity on your app, on your phone, that's how you're supporting dream machines. I love that. Joe, I I know we we have to go. I want to say thank you again for taking the time to sit down and talk with us. The next time we talk on how to acquire a podcast, I'm I'm going to, I'm, I'm teeing it up now. You don't have to tell me now. I'm going to ask you, within all those um, exchanges that are happening, how does the actual exchange make money? Don't answer now. Okay. Because <laughs> okay. that's fascinating of, you know, how, you know, out of that actual trade that happens, how is profit being made from that? Right. Um, but yes, I, I want to thank you. I'm back. In fact, if you want me back a uh, week after next, I kind of have a little free time, a couple of them there, but certainly in March, I have some time. So I would love to come back and keep the discussion moving forward. Uh, I can really explain the finance of how stock exchanges make money. And, um, you know, it's kind of a symbiotic thing. We make money if other people are making money. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, that's just how it works. It's it's like a tollway. So mm-hmm. Um, and, and for many people, it's going to be a very nerdy conversation, maybe, but I'm for it. So whenever uh, we can set that up on a schedule for for how to acquire, I think our audience would really love that. Yeah. But I, I want to give you the, the last chance. Uh, why should our last word? Why should people be paying attention, especially uh, African-American entrepreneurs? Why should people be paying attention to the Dream Exchange? So there's a there's a world that has been um, that exists that is just not talked about in simple terms and it's the world of public company finance public company so you have an entrepreneur who starts his company and he's running around getting investors or he's going to GoFundMe or to Kickstarter or seed investors and all that language for the entrepreneur um, is, is really, how do I just get started? How do I get the doors open? Okay, how do I get the initial feedback on my idea? Well, there are literally thousands of people who started. They're operating. They're, they're selling products. They, they have a great idea. And then what happens to them is they need more to expand. They need a place to go to see the maybe a side hustle that's gotten some money and is succeeding, how do they go to the next level? Mm -hmm. And 
the, the next level isn't something that is talked about. There, it isn't an everyday conversation about, let me help inform you, give every single entrepreneur the tools and the literacy and the compliance needed to graduate from the school they're in. They're in entrepreneur school. Mm-hmm. How do they graduate to go from entrepreneur to stable, long-term, expanding fabric company that, that is now part of the landscape? How do they graduate? So we're relevant because if you don't understand that and you're an entrepreneur, the likelihood of making mistakes and never getting there or making the journey to get to the wealth and prosperity and expansion that you need, it can take many years longer, years of a person's life longer, even if you're successful. So the key to us being relevant right now is to start the education. We have to start now providing the information that is is not available in simple terms. How many Mm -hmm. people are actually explaining how money flows through the capital market system uh, to a broad audience like you? You're not going to find a podcast discussion with a CEO of a stock exchange who can give you chapter and verse of how does that money flow Mm -hmm. from my app, through my broker, through another intermediary broker, through a large broker, to a member of an exchange, to an exchange. And it literally happens in a millionth or billionth of a second. You don't realize that when you make your app, there's six or seven organizations that are handling all that traffic Mm. in a billionth of a second. Right. So we're making that information available to the public Mm. in a new way and in an educational way that doesn't involve the complexity of, of all the terminology that tends to bury people. So it's as if, um, you know, at, at some point we have wireless phones and in the beginning, you know, what was a cell phone? Did you have a, were you on a microwave communication where you had Nextel was back in the day, who was a phone company and where was the, and there was all this complex communication around how should I get a cellular phone, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, my generation, I can remember car phones where the, they drilled holes in the floor and that was the only way you had a phone. <laughs> okay. And they put a tel- little, little cord telephone in the car. Mm-hmm. Well, today, we're, we're trying to bring that new conversation into financial markets where people just want to know, what do I do with this device to talk to somebody? They don't really care whether it went to a satellite and the satellite had to connect to another satellite. And it goes around the world and, uh, you know, what's the bandwidth of the company and what is their spectrum? And that's complex. I want to know, what does my cell phone look like? What can I use it for? And how can I connect to other people using it? We want the same exact conversation to be had when it comes to companies reaching the marketplace to get the finances in order and get their expansion in order so that we're treated just like a cell phone. No one thinks about that today. You get a cell phone, they connect you, you walk out of the store, you start calling your friends. Mm -hmm. You want to have the company owner come in and not have to be burdened with a lot of weight on the complexity of things, but rather go, 
okay, I needed $2 million to finish the software engineering and put my plant there. And I walked in to the Dream Exchanges facility. I got trained. And within a year or two years of my first conversation, I had all the tools I needed to just make a call and start calling my friends. And that's the goal. That's why we're so relevant because this isn't being done at at a stock exchange level except for the very few elite unicorn multi-billion dollar companies. That's who goes public today. That's not the purpose of the law. The United States securities laws were enacted to allow the general American investing public to be protected. So there's not fraud. Mm -hmm. It's also to enable entrepreneurs and good companies to go and get the capital they need from the American public. And the complexity of that has made it into a very exclusive club where not all the participants are able to really meaningfully be at the table. And I guess the, why I pay attention to the dream change, because we're your seat at the table. Um, the, we're, we're the seat for the underserved marketplace sitting at the table with eight other stock exchanges, making a difference for the fabric of our country and to build prosperity in the communities that haven't really seen this market help them become prosperous. That's why we're there. Joe, I'm, I'm rooting for Dream Exchange. I plan on uh, being forever linked to the Dream Exchange. And I'm so glad that a year or so ago that we bumped into each other and were able to have conversations and then keep the relationship going. I look forward to continuing these conversations and I'm going to do my best that when you're ringing that bell, that I'm sitting there um, in the same room as you. Taking the invitation now. So when, when we open, when we open and we're ringing the bell, you, you, you need to be there. (laughs) I'm going to do my very best to be there, Joe. Uh, I look forward to staying connected with you and uh, we'll be talking to you again very soon. Our first questions on the list for next time. Yes, it is. I already wrote it down. (laughs) Talk to you soon. Okay, talk to you soon. Some of your favorite quotes related to when that dream becomes a reality, right? That's where my mind is at as I'm reflecting on this podcast episode. So some of the quotes that come to mind, one from Thelma Barnes says, your dreams can come true through the power of persistence. Your dreams can come true. Through the power of persistence. Uh, this is by Colin Powell. A dream doesn't become reality through magic. It takes sweat, determination, and hard work. And then the next quote that we have. Make your dreams a reality. You don't want to look back and think, I wish I had d- done something sooner. Here's another famous quote that goes across the social media world uh, for most of us to see. A dream written down with a date becomes a goal. 
A goal broken down into steps becomes a plan. A plan backed by action makes your true dreams come true. Yeah, I like it.